Father, we're so thankful that you have kept us and allowed us to see this new year, allowed us to stand in a time when the prophet would say the sages and the prophets would have desired to stand in this time. Lord, it's a perilous time. It's a wicked time. But it's the most glorious time. And Father, we couldn't even walk this walk if you weren't holding our hand. We wouldn't be able, Lord, if it wasn't your keeping power, if it wasn't you that was holding us, Lord, surely we would have fallen long ago. But by your amazing grace, Lord, we stand here today. Lord, we're here at the post of duty. We're here to manifest your name to this untoward generation. Father, would you come into the word this morning? Lord, not one of us can help one another, but only you can help us. We ask your spirit and your anointing be upon the speaker and the hearer. May it just envelop us in this building. Lord, those that would be listening in, those that couldn't be here, wherever your bride is gathered, may you be with them. And Lord, we know that the pressure is coming against the bride. We see it coming against Israel. We see that the world is in a tremendous period of instability. Lord, but Father, we have an anchor. And Lord, we want to look at that this morning and ask that you would just remember us. Bless the word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. I'll invite you to turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. Brother Harold, maybe not even knowing my thoughts, but probably echoed some of what I would say, and, uh, but I'm going to still say it, probably in a few more minutes than he did, and so we'll, we'll do that. I probably had about three or four different thoughts that I could take, and, and uh, there's one in particular that I've been looking to take for some time. The Lord's laid on my heart, and I felt I just needed to do this today, so Lord willing, we'll follow through that in the next week or so, but... Uh, we're here today. So let's just read this, Second Peter chapter 3. I'd, I'd like to, if you can, don't, don't just take it that we read a scripture as a matter of form, but let's hear these words in the reality of 2020. And let's hear, because the Bible's a prophetic book, and uh, spirits don't die. And all of these things were written for our admonition. 2 Peter 3, verse 1, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water 
whereby the world that was, that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store. That's probably the focus of where I wanted to get to, but I'm not going to get so much today there. Are reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and partition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that, there, that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements that melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. God bless his word. You may have your seats. New Year's always a milestone. It's not so much, a, I think Brother Harold said it very well, it's not so much a time of resolutions, although many people make them, only to break them. But I think it's just a rededication. It's a setting forth. It's, we've looked at the past, and as Paul would say, you know, not, not looking to the past, but I, I, move, I move forward. And so we want to move forward, and we want to do it, and we don't want to measure time just by a day on the calendar. We want to measure time by the Bible, by what the Bible teaches us. Friends, time is actually, we are indicators of time. The earth is groaning, but the Bible says we ourselves groan. The earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God, but we ourselves groan within. I was, I was just looking and I was thinking about if you're just not a believer, if you're just a person who's in the world, you turn the calendar, and I thought, what would you be looking forward to? You'd have to be a pretty good optimist to see some good on the horizon. And, and I'm just saying, on, on, on a worldly, natural level. You know, and, and in fact, in, and, or else you'd have to be in an extreme de- state of delusion. And, and, and to say, all is well, it's going to be okay, it's going to continue on. It's not going to continue on. It can't. I, I was looking, and, and January 1st is always a time when things change. First thing that changed was the gas prices went up. Because of a carbon tax. 
for a nation which produces 1.6% of the world's carbon. And, and politicians will lead you to believe that our extra 10 cents we're paying on the leader is going to help the wildfires in Australia. I mean, the world is groaning. The world is coming to a place. It's actually been reserved for this time. It's coming to this place. The world has received its baptism in water. It has received its sanctification when the blood of Christ was poured onto it. And it is now going to receive its baptism of fire. I was talking with a brother in Australia. The fires are beyond comprehension. They said over half a billion animals have perished. They say that the temperatures are beyond and they don't even know where the end is because it's almost unbelievable. This last week, the United States killed a general in Iran. About two years ago, they had a peace agreement. That was nullified. They killed an, uh, this general in Iran and Iran has already vowed retribution against Israel and the United States. <laughs> Iran has vowed that they exist to blow Israel off the map. Friends, the world is in instability. If it's not Israel, it's going to be another name. A couple of years ago, it was uh, North Korea. And I don't forget his name. I, I, I hate to say it, but Donald gave him a real good name when he called him Rocket Man. So, but you know, you can... <laughs> you, you can say it's them, or it's, it's China, or it's Russia. Don't ever forget, seven visions. The last vision is the United States was going to be bull, burning and smoldering with fire. It shall come to pass. My title this morning is, Knowing This First, It Shall Come to Pass. That's the natural. I want to maybe just start with this if I can. As I said, we're not just in the cycle of turning the calendar, but we're in the cycle of the coming of the Lord. In the 20th century, began to usher in a new year, and at the beginning of the year, men that were Christians, the Spirit of God moved on them. A man by the name of John G. Lake, he had a he, in the early 20s, he had a vehicle and he put, the coming of the Lord is nigh. And it was men who in 1906 at Pentecost, like Frank Bartleman, they said, this is the last move before, this may be the last move, there'll be one more, but the coming of the Lord is imminent. And there was... Uh, there was a real push for the revival. There was a real push. We're, we're moving towards the coming of the Lord. And it seemed to hit a crescendo. And, and God raised up a mighty prophet in this generation. And, and, and it was foretold in 1933 at the river. He says, as John the Baptist foreran the coming of the Lord Jesus, he said, your message, your message will forerun the coming of the Lord. That's been prophesied. That has never changed. And it came, and there was revivals, and even into the 50s, and, and America was, let's get right with God. And, and it seemed to hit a crescendo, and it dropped off. Why? Because there were spirits prophesied here. Scoffers would need to rise. 
these things would need to come. And, and, and I would just say, the message, even the message of the hour, with, with 1977 being a landmark at the time, it, it, was, it was deemed to be, it, 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 that's going to be it. And there was an earnestness, and there was a, if I can just say, there was a sincerity in approaching what this message is all about. And I fear, I say, I fear, lest we just make it coming to church. Lest we just make it a gathering. Lest we just come in, let's hear what they say, let's go out in the door. And sometimes we, we almost make it a delusion, but does it really grip us? Does it really capture us like it ought to capture us? We heard a brother give a testimony on a New Year's. And he said when he walked in the door and he heard the name End Time Message Tabernacle. He said, well, that's kind of negative. Well, how'd you like to live in the days of Noah? It's going to rain, Tabernacle. <laughs> and he would preach it year after year after year. It never changed. The message was true. And it came to pass. And so will this come to pass. It will not change. We are sitting in the shadows of the coming of the Lord. And while we're doing this, I, I, I could take statements that would put us, make us cringe. Brother Bam said it'll be very few. Even around the message, there's many gathering. If you follow the types, many followed Jesus. Then it got whittled down to 70. And Jesus said, there's too many following. And then he said, therefore he had a hard saying. And with the hard saying, many said, who can, uh, you know, who can bear this? This is too much. And even Peter didn't understand it intellectually. But he said, where could we go? There's nowhere to go. And I say the same, there's nowhere to go. Now, Let's just turn to Matthew 24. I'm going to use a few scriptures this morning. And I, I probably cut my message in a half and then I cut it in a quarter. And that's good. You'll all be happy for that. But I'll tell you, the brother that gave the 10-minute testimony on, on New Year's Eve, he said to me, he says, I can see why you preachers have a hard time stopping so I, I didn't know whether that should be a springboard for my, my year or not, but <laughs> I, I did exactly what I said. I cut it in half, and then I went down to a quarter of what I had. So we'll, we'll just stay there with that this morning. How's that? Oh, Brother Ed, that'll be a new leaf, turning over a new leaf. Like, already thumbs up all around the congregation. I see it, yeah. <laughs> Matthew 24, <laughs> verse 3. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? Now, he's talking about the temple, the, the stones of the temple being thrown down. And he says, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So it's always been on the hearts of the believers. 
when is the Lord coming? What, what, when is it going to happen? And, and, and really, it's probably on more than the hearts of the believers. It's on people in the world. You know, when, when things go wrong, then sometimes the question is, is this Armageddon? They know. Friends, and we know. And, and we're responsible with what we know to take a hold of it, to seize it. The Bible says, looking unto, and the Bible says, hastening unto the coming of the Lord. In other words, I'm not just waiting for events to fall in place. And you know that I, I'll tell you what, you're going to be lulled to sleep if you're waiting for things. The real event starts here. The real event starts here. We'll get to that in a moment. So, so they're asking him the question. In verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them. No, there's actually, if you go into the seals, Brother Adam breaks this down. There's three questions. And he said, if we misplace them. For instance, in verse 20, where it says, pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. He says, that has actually been fulfilled already. That was when Titus came in A.D. 70. So he says, you have to, I'll tell you what, only a prophet could discern that. Only a prophet can rightly place the word of God. And I'm thankful to stay behind that prophet. But let's take, let's take this part and uh, let's just take verse 4. He says, so he says, Jesus answered and said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive a few. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I, I did that on purpose, Brother Land. <laughs> and, shall, and shall deceive many. Now listen. That's a sign of the coming. Many shall come in my name and say, I am Christ. Right in this message. I'm the one. <laughs> Verse 6, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. You know, is rocket man going to fire? Is, is Iran going to send something? These things must be, but the end is not yet. And he says, for nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Be not troubled by these things. They must be. They must come to pass. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, the world is moving into what we call a tribulation cycle. Israel is moving into its cycle where God's going to deal with them. The world is moving into a tribulation cycle, but at the same time, it's the wrapping up of the Gentile dispensation. So there's also a moving there that must happen before Israel is dealt with, before the tribulation comes. So if you can say it this way, we need to fulfill our part. Now, we can't bring the rapture to pass, but we can be more sincere. But we can be looking at the perfect word of promise, looking in the mirror and saying, am I where I should be? So this is part of the rededication Brother Harold was talking about. <laughs> and he says, now it, it moves from, 
it moves down to where we are, where we stand. Because, let me, let me just say it this way. Brother Adam would talk in the fourth seal. And the fourth seal is now not the white horse, not the red horse, the black horse, but it's the gray horse named Death. And the finality of this ride is when a superman, when somebody who is the incarnation of the, of the devil takes his ride. But even now, all of these powers are moving together. So Brother Bannon would say it this way, when Jesus comes, it's one solid colored horse, the Word, amen. But he says three colors represented in one. And he, and he says, but now here comes this one, also three colors, a white, a black, and a red. And he says, and it's this gray kind of color. And he says, I, I, I look at that and I say, death speaks in the whole thing. He said, now it's political powers, demon powers, and religious powers all coming together. He says this, politics, Satan is the king of politics. Don't try to outwit him. <laughs> Friends, you'll go crazy trying to figure this out. Trust in the Lord. Walk in his word. Walk patiently, waiting on him. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. I, I, I know I'm trying to say it your way. I know this is my right hand, but I said, did it for you, okay? I'm not dyslectic. I understood what I was doing. So don't look to the right or the left. Don't, you know, when Israel was told to go in the land, you see Moab there? Have nothing to do with him. Just keep moving. When you see different things rising up, just keep moving. Don't let it, don't let it disturb you. It's got to be. These things must be. First, then it'll come to pass. And as these things come, it ought to just say, hey, I'm one of them. I'm not part of that, but I'm one of them. As the word unfolds and it manifests seeds on this side and seeds on this side and seeds in politics and seeds in morals, it also manifests who we are. I can't identify with that. I can't, I'm a part of the true bride. Verse 9, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my namesake. You can say that the rise of gay marriage, it started as the homosexual movement, became gay marriage, became transgender, became a teaching in schools and educational systems, became a permitted thing. Even in the churches, some well-known church leaders, you know, making statements like, do you agree with this, this homosexuality? Well, it's not God's best. Not God's best. It's not God's at all. You talk about a wishy-washy, no backbone type of a world that we live in. And we had a prophet that told it straight. We've got to believe it straight. We've got to tell it straight. 
Forget the politics. Forget the political correctness. This is who we are. And he says, they shall deliver you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. The laws that are coming, they're designed to come against one group of people. That's the bride. It's designed to come against us. And it'll keep getting closer and closer. The Bible's, uh, I'll, I'll leave the scripture, I'll come to it. But, but we are going to, maybe like the Hebrew children, walk into the face of the fire. But there's one thing we know. He is here. He is the one. I, I kind of thought last year, the Lord just, just how, how the Lord did it. We, we took the first Wednesday, of, it happened to be a Wednesday service, and we played the tape, A Guide. And it really became a theme through the year to me, is that, Lord, you are my guide. He's still our guide in 2020, but he's more than that. He's the one who walked in the, in, in the, in the, in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Luther was an expression of the one walking in their midst. You know, all the, all the ones, Paul, Irenaeus, all of the different ones, Columba, Martin, every one of those was an expression of the one who was walking in their midst. And so are we, an expression of the one walking in our midst. He is here. Verse 10, and then shall many be offended. Offenses must come. But woe unto them by whom offenses come. That's the Bible. Many shall be offended. Actually, if you can believe it, offended in the message. And shall talk kindly to one another. And shall say nice words to one another. Actually, I must be reading a different version here. Many shall be offended and shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. In the days of Noah. I'm, I'm, I, I got I to gotta wait and just follow this through. <laughs> and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And as a part of that, it also said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. That's what's happening right now. It's happening. God's doing tremendous things. I'm not here to focus on the negative. May sound like it. Maybe the title of the church sounds negative, but it's it's an end time message, and the, and the elect love it. Anyway, Brother Branham asked this question, and he speaks about the attitudes and such. He said, "As I bring Christ to you, He will be on your hand." you'll have to answer for what attitude you took towards it. Now, it may not be an outright belligerent attitude. Now, forget that. It, it, it may even, 
It may even be that you nod your head to it, but you really don't embrace it. You don't really take it wholeheartedly. You don't take it for what God has sent it as. He says, if you turn it down or you accept it, you will have to answer for your attitude of this meeting. You must realize it's a very sacred thing. In recognizing your day in his message, he says this. The Gentiles are called out. The bride is ready. The rapture is at hand. These are prophetic statements. I'm not a prophet. I, I give you this title, knowing this first, it shall come to pass. That you might say, well, brother, that sounds like a prophet. No, I'm not prophetic. But I'm, 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 I'm inspired by the prophecy that has been given, and I see it coming to pass, and I echo it. Yes, yes, this is exactly it. I'll tell you what, the more false rises up, the deeper the roots go. The more grounded I am, the more I say, this is it. This is the reality. So he says, the Gentiles are called, the bride is ready, the rapture is hand. And now he makes this statement. Can we realize that? The title of the message, recognizing your day and its message. He says, is it, can we actually believe it? Is it a story that's been told? Is it a myth to us? Is it just like another page on the internet? Oh, there's this. Oh, yeah, there's the message. Oh, yeah, there's this. It ought to be first and foremost in our hearts and our minds when we wake up and when we go to bed. I know we got to work. I know we got to do things. But I say, as we see it coming, it ought to beat more in us. Is it something that sounds real? Uh, listen, there's, there's people, I, I, I'm, I'm almost like this, but that have grown up and all you've ever known is the message. But somewhere it has to become real. Somewhere it has to become more than mom and dad. It has to be more than just the church you come to. More than the friends you hang around. It's got to be so real. That if no other goes, I'm going. Halfway will not make it. Brother Ed, you're preaching hard. Is this how it's going to be? Absolutely. I don't want to see. You might hate me for what I say. But I'll say this. If I'm a true servant and I echo the voice of the prophet, then you'll love me at the end for it. I appreciated seeing the message through the eyes of Brother Marshall the other night. Coming into this church, do we really realize what we have? I mean, he, he, he walked in, he said, he walked in through those glass doors, he said, whoa, the people are reverent. The musicians are playing. The church that I came from had, had fireworks and smoke, and I don't think fireworks, but smoke, and... and, and, and <laughs> You tell can, can we actually realize we have, we're blessed? Do we actually know that? He says, is it something that we outside can believe? What attitude do we set here this morning in the tabernacle? He says, remember, it'll be a small flock. That receives it. 
Now in the homeland, waiting for the trumpets, waiting for the going of the bride, so that Revelations 11 can be filled. The church age has ceased. The seals have opened, proving what's been left out in the church age. The message has been given. Israel is on the scene, ready for the feast of the trumpets. What's the last thing? The bride's got to go home. Second Peter, let's just go there for a moment. We were there just a minute ago in verse chapter 3. Let's go to chapter 2. Peter sometimes has been accused of not having the depth of revelation that, that Paul did because he said things that were hard to be understood. Paul did rather to Peter. But, but Peter said some very profound things here. Chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, not outside of you, among you. And he says, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Oh, brother, you know, you, you, why are you yelling? And, 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 you know, why, why are you so passionate? And, you know, why don't you whisper like the rest of the church's pastors do? And I can't help it. And I'll tell you what, I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm there, I can't just sit there. there you know, this is, this is a completely different level than going to university and, and listening to a professor teach something. You don't have the kind of interaction between spirits that you can have here. If you knew what your spirit can do to this meeting, your amen, your agreement, your, your, your interaction in this service, it would revolutionize our services. You would recognize, I want the Lord. You can pull that down. This is different. It's not just the minister. It's every one of us. That pull has to come. Let it come from within. <laughs> prophets. False prophets. I was just listening to anointed ones in part over the last little while. And Lord willing, that's another service I want to take, but it, it's absolutely prophetic. And I'll say this, Brother Bam said, these false anointed could not come till the seals were open. He said, only when the seals were open, that's when they arose. Now just, that's an amazing statement. So where are they arising? Among us. <coughs> you know, you can say, with all these things, who can you trust? I'm just staying at home. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. That's exactly what he wants to do is cut off your lifeline. Don't listen to him. No, I know they would be there. I'm sorry. It's grievous that they're there. But nonetheless, I've got to go forward. I've got to serve the Lord. I've got to do this right. Who can I trust? You know, I, I've been reading in Jeremiah and, and Isaiah, and, and, and sometimes the people elevate the man, and the man allows it instead of cutting it off. And before you know it, that spirit jumps on a man. 
Let me read what Brother Branham says. The Bible said in the last days there come a famine on the earth, not for bread and water, but for hearing the true word of God. People will go from east to west trying to put it, put, to find it. The hour is here. The hour is here. This is in why are people so tossed about? The message that he spoke when he came off the field in 1956 about the tent and about the order of the, when he had the tent vision and when he talked about the true tabernacle and the fellowships in the internal tacticals. The hour is here. The hour is here when men are putting themselves up like gods and wanting to be glorified. He said the people say, oh, Dr. So-and-so and big so-and-so. Old Paul said, I have one fear, and that is except you would try to worship me instead of the thing that I'm preaching. That's still a fear today. Man is prone to elevate man. There's one that's going to be elevated when this is all said and done. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. It won't be me. It won't be any other minister. No matter how big a church it is, it's going to be Jesus. I appreciate the humility of our messenger. He put those things down when they rose up. He didn't allow a breeding ground for those things to come up. And I'll tell you what, where do those things come from? It's manifesting time. Where do they come from? Well, it actually started in heaven. Looked like a glorious scene. There's God. There's a tremendous angel of light. There's all the, worship, all the worshipers. There's God creating, and, and there's all of these things. It may have taken thousands of years. But the Bible says iniquity was found. It began to get a little upset, maybe just a little irritated. Why can't I create? Why can't I do? And it says, and then something out of that iniquity became, I will ascend. And that's the same spirit that's rising right now. Friend, how do these things happen? They don't happen overnight. I'll tell you what, it can be years, but it's manifesting time. Likewise is it with us. It can be year after year. doesn't look like we're nothing, look like we're nothing. But I'll tell you what, stay on the foundation. Build on the Word of God. Stay true. Stay in prayer. Stay in fellowship. Feed on the message. And it will also manifest. He says, Paul, I never came to you with enchanting words of man's wisdom, but in the power and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's what your hopes would be built in. He says, oh, today is a horrible day. Absolutely, it's horrible. But I thank God it's also glorious. 2 Peter 2, bring upon themselves swift destruction. If we would realize the protection we have under the anointing of this message. Friends, if God would ever take his hand off, we will fall. If we move out from behind it, we will fall. You watch people that move out from behind it and begin to step, and you watch how quickly... That fall is. It may manifest in the physical. It may manifest in the spiritual. But it manifests very quickly. Strong delusion. 
I'll, I'll, be, I'll be flat and I'll be plain. Pastors that once preached this message, sitting on a deck drinking beer now, watching golf, Layla, you know, no burden, no nothing. I'll tell you what, and I'm building to the message that I want to get to, but I'll just say this. If Christ is in you, you can't help but move with Christ. You, you know, we, we, we try to build to a pinnacle. I'm going to get to this place where I can just rest and I could coast. It's never meant to be that way. Never meant to be that way at all. It's actually meant the little pressures, the little things that come against you, that drive you to your knees, are there for your spiritual health, to manifest the seed that is in you. Keeping power is only under this word. Brother Man would make the statement, he says... If Pentecost, getting out of there, not following on with the message. He says, in 50 years, they'll be where the Catholic Church is. And I can go further and say it, and it's not in the message, but I'll say it. It's, it's Ed Hammermeister, but I've seen it. You get out from under this message, and I'll say this. In a very short time, you're just as bad as the rest of it is. Women, automatic. Hair is cut, signifying they never had headship. Message preachers, lukewarm, former message preachers, thinking they've got it. Listen, there was many boats in the days of Noah, but only the God-constructed boat survived. You say, where do you get that? In Malachi 4. Some men's sins are known before, some are known after. And I say this, let me come to the light. Let it examine me. Take my dark places. Take the things that are not what they should be. Lord, I give myself to you. Lord, that I may manifest you. And it says this, verse 2. They, they bring on, on the self-swift destructions. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. And by reason of whom the way of truth shall be spoken evil of. Don't think for a moment that these things aren't all setting up to put a pressure on the bride. In the if they had a website in the days of Noah, it would have been called Believe the Sun. Because the sun is always shining, it never rained. In this day, they got websites of similar names. Something comes out about a man who was around the message. And immediately, they call the newspaper article, the newspaper reporter. Oh, did you not know that this is a cult leader? This is a cult pastor. This is a, this is a doomsday prophet. And oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, I have a website. Look at the website. And, it's, and it goes out everywhere. Don't think the devil doesn't know how to do it. He does. But I say, God is more than a match. If you want to take the definition of a cult, one of the definitions is total adherence to the teachings of one man. So Jesus was a cult. The message is a cult. But there's also a guy in Rome who's got about 
so many billion in the world under him. Total adherence to one man. That's a cult. <laughs> Verse 3. With through covetousness and, and with feigned words shall they make merchandise of you. <laughs> Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes and condemning them with an overthrow, making an example unto those that after should live ungodly. But he delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and hearing, vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Verse 9. But the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the just unto the day of judgment to be punished. Let's go to Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3, this is not the seventh church age, but it's the sixth. And Brother Branham actually says the sixth is actually, the seventh actually becomes an extension of the sixth. And it says in verse 9, rather in verse 10, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Which shall, try, which shall come upon all the world to try them that, be, that dwell on the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Take fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. So you can say, with the temptation, God will make a way of escape. There is, God's not asking you to figure it all out, but he's just asking you to trust in him, to believe in him, to walk with him, to just, just to, to have an attitude towards him. To, to not just take a carnal church life and not, not to just be a make-believer, but to make your calling and election for sure, to, to sh set your face the right way, to stay in the right channel. Friends, we're, we're living in an age when you can't afford to get caught in a tributary that takes you into some false thing and have years to come back. I don't think we have that much time. You've got to get in the channel and stay in the channel and, and not, not be caught up with this or caught up with that. Stay small. Stay faithful. Stay humble. The Christian has to be more on his toes in this age than any other age. The influences are so subtle. There, there's, I'm not just talking about influences out there. Brother Edward in church. Spirits do not stop at our church doors. Spirits don't stop from getting on any one of us. Satan is continually at your door. He's continually bombarding you. And if you don't have something inside that you're not pressurized to withstand, you'll be swept away. I'm saying this as an admonition. He'll, he'll take somebody in the church who's maybe not as fervent, who's a little more loose, and you find yourself gravitating to him, and now there's unity in that, and it's not necessarily unity on the right thing. Make sure, friends, not everybody that comes into the message 
that comes under this church. And I, I hate to put it that way. I don't want it that way. I want everyone to make it. But not everyone comes in and is automatically a message believer. There's a reason we're here. Paul said, I die daily. I'm continually in motion. I'm continually giving myself to this. We can be, if we're not caught, we can be a breeding ground whereby things spread. Just a loose attitude can breed onto someone else. Just, just a half-heartedness can, can, can bring a collusion together, and it's not for the edification. Make sure that you take strong friends, spiritual friends, and you reach out to those that may not be there, but be humble in doing it. Like I said, things that happen, and we all, things that happened this last year we didn't expect to happen. And people we didn't expect. But I'll say this, it didn't happen overnight. There's a series of events that took place, maybe quietly, but they're there nonetheless. Nothing happens. You, you talk natural adultery, it's not just one time. It, it, can be, it can just start by looking the wrong way. How many know Nellie Sanders? Now, she didn't go into adultery, but I'm just saying. You, it was the same way in the garden with Eve. It can be the same thing. Friends, the world is laced with it. Every commercial that you would see even on a news website, every news anchor is tailored with sex appeal. Friends, what Brother Branham called a flapper, that's what's in front of us as we watch the news. And it's continually there. And you could get caught with it. And the next thing you find yourself on a questionable website. And then you're in full-blown pornography. Yeah. Oh, Brother Ed, you shouldn't say this is the message. Absolutely. Every devil is against us. Amen. And then you get into that and it brings division in a home. And it separates and it causes things to go. Don't think for a minute that you're a son of God and you're smart. Sons of God have a problem. Sons of God have a weakness. Amen. And I'll say this, keep your weakness protected. Amen. If you find yourself going there, don't bring your phone up to your room with you. Don't bring your computer where it is. Put it in the open. Protect yourself. Brother Ed, what are you preaching that for? Because it's real. And if you find yourself going there, ask God right now, Lord, I don't want to be found there. Natural adultery is the same spirit as spiritual adultery. How does a house fall? Luke chapter 6. Verse 47. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, and do with them, I will show you to whom he's like. It's not enough to put, put a tape on and just press play. You need to take the tape teaching and embrace it and pray with it till it becomes one with you. I'll show you. I'll show you one who hears my sayings. He's like a man which built a house. Dig deep. Laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. 
Some strong people have fallen, revelated in the message, but they didn't take heed to the foundation. They were more interested in all the glory above the surface, what everybody could see. But I'll tell you, we need to know where we stand. Brother Harold and I went many years ago. We were in Malawi. We went down to Nisanji. Brother Harold, you remember that. Drove for two and a half, three hours. Well, it was an hour and a half trip, but it took three hours because we had flat tires or what they call punctures over there. We couldn't even drive on the main road. It was so rough, we drove in the ditch all the way there to a refugee camp on the border of Mozambique. People walked 70, 80 kilometers to come to the meeting. I, I gave, it was the reverse order of what we did here today. I gave a little exhortation and Brother Harold preached. And, but I'd say we, we, we spoke together and we speak together today. This is a quote I shared at that time and I never realized how I thought back then was when we needed. I'll tell you what, right now is when we need this. The stabilizers has been put on the ship. Great fearful waves are out here before us. We know that. You look in the world, you look at the climate, you look at politics, you look at even the message. Great fearful waves. And he says, but just beyond the wave Yonder we're nearing the shore. Stay stable. Stay in the word. Stay with God. No matter how you feel. Stay right with the word. Let it stay stable. And when these great big old clouds around us and storms and atomic bombs and everything, our stabilizer is right in the word. God said it would be there. We'll crest every one of them. They'll go over top of us indeed. They can't sink us. They can't drown us. You put us in a grave, we'll come out. That's all there's to it. There isn't nothing in the world to keep it down. We'll crest every one of them. Our great chief captain is calling at the other side. And he starts singing, I've anchored in Jesus. I've anchored in Jesus. I fear no wind or wave. <clears throat> The man that didn't listen built it on an unsure foundation. But the believers, I'll tell you what, we've been talking about going on to perfection in Hebrews, but we also need to lay the foundation before. And sometimes we need to relay it. Sometimes we need to check it. They have what's called foundation inspectors. They go and check your foundation and they make sure, you know, there's a little crack here, there's a little something here. You need to get that fixed. They're there. They do that. The Holy Spirit does that. And sometimes we need to lay the foundation for our families, for our children. We need to lay it for our young people, for parents. These are rules for, for, for everyone. Listen, this message is not do's and don'ts. There's an image God wants us to come to. And we do all of these things that we may keep that image before us. Hebrews chapter 12. I want this to sink in a little bit this morning, so I'm just letting it try. I'm trying to let it do that. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. Yet now he has promised, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also the heavens. And this word, yet once more, signifying the removing of those things that are shaken as of things which are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, we receiving a kingdom which we cannot, which cannot be moved, let us have grace wherewith we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Seems like everything's shaking, Brother Ed. It's exactly what God's doing. That's, we know what that does? It causes your roots to go down deep. It, God wants to make sure you're going to make it. That's why he's letting these things come. Listen, are, are, you, are you with me this morning? Yeah. Let me share a story with you. God, in the beginning, he knew Lucifer was going to be at his right-hand side. Was God shook when Lucifer manifest? Not at all. He knew it would be. In fact, he allowed it to be. To fulfill his plan. God knew that there would be a Pharaoh with an evil heart right in the time that Moses was going to be born. And he allowed that Pharaoh to exercise a persecution. Did God stop that Pharaoh from doing what he did? No, he didn't. In fact, the devil, if he was smart, he would not come after you. Because it only makes the real believer better. And then he came after him, and he persecuted it, caused Noah's mother to push the ark out into the river and it floated right into Pharaoh's backyard. In the front court he was issuing orders. In the back there was the Messiah being raised up. Brother Ed, all these things coming up around the message. I I can't take it. I'm going crazy. Let me tell you something. Brother Andrew Spencer shared this article with me. It was such a blessing to me. The fisheries that go out in the oceans, they catch cod fish. And they'd catch the cod fish, and, you know, they'd catch it, and they would kill it, and they would pack it in ice and freeze it. They'd still be out there for a while, and then they'd come in once the ship was full, and they'd bring the fish to market. And the fish, when it was frozen, it lacked its freshness. It, it didn't really work. It wasn't that good. And so they, they, they began to be complaints. The fish weren't getting the market value. So then they began to say, it's not hitting the destination in its fresh state. So then they said, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll put in these fresh pools of water in the fish, and we'll let the fish stay in those pools of water. But just staying in those pools of water, they didn't swim. They just kind of stagnated. And, and lo and behold, when they got them to destination, they weren't, they weren't fresh. They were soft and flabby, and, and it wasn't good. And then one of them thought, you know... An enemy of the cod is a catfish. So they took these pools of water and they put these catfish in the middle of these pools. And the fish, they swam. And they were alert. And they knew what was going on. And when they get to destination, they're fresher than any other thing. The devil that's fighting you, he doesn't know what he's doing. But he's causing us to be manifest as the children of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. These things will come. But I thank God he's in control. 
It keeps you alert. <laughs> that little trial, that little issue that drives you to your knees, that gets you in the Word, thank God for it. Last night I went to bed late. It was after midnight, 3 o'clock in the morning. Just, just the devil tormenting. Just, I know, this is crazy. I went and put on a tape. And for another hour and a half, I listened to a tape and garnered a whole bunch of notes. I says, thank you, devil. <laughs> this is going to come back on you. <laughs> you know, he only does that when I have to preach the next day. or No, he does it lots of times, but. You know, I've been in the message so long, and I deserve to coast. We're seasoned. We're mature. Friends, God is working every day. And he, the devil, cannot do anything unless God allows it. And God is working it for good. That devil that's after you got a weak spot that, that you got to keep covered, thank God for it. You got a nervousness, thank God for it. You got somebody that's a thorn in your side. Thank God for it. Amen. We're going to get to our destination fresh. <laughs> and the devil is going to be working God's purpose. The brothers down south love eating catfish. Eagles love eating chickens too. <laughs> Take that with you when you're in trouble. This is working for my good. With the temptation, God will make a way of escape. Hebrews 12, a shaking. There was a brother in the time of Brother Branham. I forget his name now. It's that brother from Sweden, but he was out of Chicago. I forget his, some of you may know his name. It just slips my mind. But he came and he wanted Brother Branham to come and he had a burning desire to see Chicago shaken. He wanted to see the people called from a life of sin, and he wanted God to do it. And Brother Joseph, what's his last name? Bose, thank you. Matson Bose. So he says, and he says, Brother Branham, I've got a burdened heart. I want to see Chicago shook. And he says, he says, Brother, he says, you might not believe this, but the thing that you have prayed and wrestled with your pillow at night, the tears you shed, the prayers, the fastings, that's something that's burning in your heart that you wanted to see for Chicago, it's already done. It's already done? Yeah. A prophet messenger came and spoke to a bunch of ministers about the Godhead explained. And Chicago was shook. Friends, fearful signs are happening all around us. If you're waiting for that to shake you, you've missed something. When you hear the word, there ought to be something that shakes you. There ought to be something that reverberates. This first, then it will come to pass. I get fearful when people sit in a lackadaisical state. God is doing all kinds of things around them, and they just sit there. I say, wake us. Not when the fires are burning. Not when the persecution. But wake us now. It's already been shook. And he refers to John the Baptist. Every mountain shall be brought low. Every, 
It shall be brought down. Every low place shall be brought up. The rough place is clear. And people were envisioning kind of things. But John the Baptist came just preaching the message. And it reverberated and it caused a repentance. It made the way of the Lord. That's what we want, friends. Second Peter chapter 3. I've got to move quick. Back to our original title here. Verse 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come, knowing this first, okay, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Now, it's, it's, it's a question, but more than that, it's an attitude. It's a laissez-faire type attitude. How do you say that in French? Laissez-faire, I think it's a, like... There we go. There's the correct interpretation. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Joy. <laughs> it's just a take it easy. As the song says, gay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Such an anointing of idleness and laziness. If you go into the book of Ezekiel, it says, this was the iniquity of Sodom. Idleness and abundance of bread. I'll tell you what, the church does a lot better when there's a little persecution. The church does a lot better when there's something to prick you, to pinch you, to, to cause you to come to him. In Acts, there was a group of people that were there when Paul came to Mars Hill, and they got together every day. It was almost like a soap opera or a social website. Let's just see if there's any new thing. And, and he says they, they, that's, that was their whole purpose, to see if there's any new thing. Friends, I think we need to look at the old thing. I think we ought to worry not so much about those things, but we got to look at this thing. Amen. Too often, we're, we, we could spend a little time. I could say this, don't, don't, don't aim for big things. But just purpose in your heart. Look back where you were weak last year. Maybe it was in the evening when you came home and you just gravitated to a video game and four hours later you crawled into bed. Maybe that time could have spent more effectively. Maybe you, you just didn't do things the way you should have. Well, start by just making a little way for something to come in. Just put a tape in the background. Leave a Bible on the table. Put the family altar. Just read that first. Brother who's not even, I call him a brother, not even in the message. He's got a policy in his house. He's got a little shelf on the back entrance, and he says, that's where the cell phones stay. Because when we come for supper, we eat supper together, not with the world at our footsteps. And when we go to bed, we go to bed with God on our hearts, not with the world at our footsteps. Now listen, you've got to know where your limits are. And if you found yourself weak, maybe you can handle it. But I'll say this, you need the new birth. And if you don't have the new birth, parents, if your children don't have the new birth, don't make exceptions. You are their Holy Ghost until such a time. I'm saying this for a reason. The devil is at our homes. He's got an access if we let him have it. And I'm not going to let him have it. There's things I got to do better for our home. So I'm not just yelling at you, I'm yelling at myself. In the days of Noah, Brother Bannon would speak in a message identification. 
Let's look in God's mirrors. Let's identify our present character. Because in this scripture of Peter, it talks about how the world that was with water, so it's talking about the days of Noah. And it said in the days of Noah, there were scoffers. There was attitudes that were just portrayed that brought these questions that caused people to build their own boats, that caused people not to trust in the, the message of the hour, but it became to be a little attitude just to start. And if you're not really fervent, if you're not really pressing in, you, you can grieve God so much, He says, okay, you want to go your own way? Here, have it. And He gives you the fruit of your own way. That's a dangerous place to be. And he says, notice, we can identify ourselves where we would be in the days of Noah, where we are today. Our present character. Now he says, be honest with yourself. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, you can't be honest with God. But if you lived in the days of Noah with your present character, what group would you be identified with? Now, this, this, is, this is a good question. And I, I actually thought of this because there were souls that were in prison. Brother Brown took this message, and he, this scripture, and he used it in souls in prison. And he talked about how Jesus went down and preached to souls in prison that were there in the days of Noah. Now, if they could rewind the tape, and it was now 20, Noah had been preaching 100 years and 20 more years to go. They didn't know that, maybe. But if they could rewind the tape, they've heard it so much that it became a common sound. Oh, it's a pleasant voice. There's Noah on the hillside. You know, we can be doing our thing here. We can just have it in the background. I'll tell you what, that attitude put people out of the ark. And if they could have a choice, they would not be so much worried about the friends that they had right now, but about their eternal destination. They would be not so much worried about the education they had to get and set aside church for. They would not be worried about the job that would pull them away from church. They would not be worried about those, how much money was in their bank account. They'd be worried about their eternal destination. That's the same condition that we have today. Scoffers in the message. Brother, Harold, Brother Ed, you're preaching it tight. It should be. We're on a razor's edge. He said, this is the attitude. There's that old fanatic on the hill, 120 years. You know, there's a pressure to modernize the message. There's a pressure for preachers to be entertainers. There's a pressure for that. And I don't think we need to cater to that. Now, you can be who you are. But you, we need to preach the word. This is not a social gathering. I'm going to answer for what I preached. And you're going to answer for what you've done with what you've heard. i, I, I got to skip some of this. You say, oh, I belong to the church. What group would you be identified with? What's the popular opinion of the day? That's not what I'm talking about. There was plenty of church groups in that day. Wow. We don't think of it that way. And here was one man with a message from God. He was very unpopular. His group was unpopular. He was considered a fanatic. 
would you be ready to identify with that group? I'm a young person. I, I can't be seen with, with, with people like, that are dressed like the 60s. Where did that come from? Okay. He says, now, he said, the only way you'd ever knew it if it was personally revealed to you. There was actually a group of people that said, I, I got to get in the, in the ark. And you know, it's, it's like a little channel. And, and if you're caught in the wrong tributary, the water gets stronger, 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 and the pull becomes so great, sometimes you can't get back. But I'll tell you what, why don't you, when you feel that little tug, give yourself to that. It, 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 does, it, it can stop a lot of pain. It, even for the believer, it can stop a lot of pain when you feel that little tug. He would go on to say, there was always been borderline believers, people that will come to church Enjoy a message, maybe from the choir and the singers, the minister, the testimony. They'll enjoy it, but to come in and be a part of it, they just won't do it. Okay, I'm, if you get mad at me, then you get mad at the messenger. This is exactly what he said. That was spirits back then, it's spirits today. They like to listen, but they don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to be identified with them. They want to stay to one side. And when the ark door was closed, many of them said, that old man, oh. <laughs> I enjoyed listening to him preach. Brother Adam actually documents it. He says, they, after the door was closed, the animals, you know, that's kind of strange. There's a lot of animals heading towards the ark. What are they doing there? You know, and then he's, Noah's finally preaching the same message. He preaches it, and the Spirit of the Lord says, step back, and the door was closed. Noah didn't close it. I, 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 Noah preached till the door closed, and I'm preaching till the door closes. And he says, they actually hung around and said, well, let's see what happens. First day, <laughs> sun is out. Like, what, this guy? Second day, this is ridiculous. It was a testing time. You know, they said... We enjoyed it. You know, he says, you don't want to strain God's goodness. You want to be sure that you can come in while there's a chance. Look how God puts a strain on his people. Noah, even Noah and his family. There they were in the ark. Let's climb upstairs. In the morning, the skies are going to be dark. Never was it dark before. Rain is going to fall. The next morning, they, here comes the sun. And it says, well, Noah thought, no, I'm, I'm locked in. That's where you want to be. You might not be able to say, well, I thought this was going to happen. I thought this, was... but I'll tell you what, just be locked in. The rest will happen. And he says, and he says, what a strain. And they said, Noah, were you wrong? He says, no, if it didn't rain today, it'll rain tomorrow. Second day, same thing. The seventh day, Noah was sitting there. He was anchored. He was persistent. He was persevering, knowing that God had said so. And on the seventh day, the skies were blacking, the winds were blowing, the trees were bending, people were screaming. Great big drops of rain began to fall for the first time. And those souls had to hear Jesus preach it to them again. Friends, we have the privilege of hearing it now, before the judgment, that we may come in. <coughs> they had sinned away their day of grace. Noah, Brother Bannon, I don't know how this was. He says, when he watched out on the street, he seen all the little boats, whether they were God-constructed or not. People think today you can construct your own salvation. 
I can have my own brand of the message. I don't have to believe it just like that. I, I, I know where I'm at. Like, be careful. Be careful. He said, it must have been when Mrs. Noah and the daughter-in-law saw the water coming ark. The ark was setting flat. You know, they, it was anchored. But after a while, the rain, and then it cut loose. And all of a sudden, they could feel that. And he listened to how Brother Brown says it. He said, it was done. She was floating. Noah knew everything he tried to achieve. His message was paying off then. It was cut loose. He was leaving the earth. Oh, friends, don't be tied down. One day we're going to have to leave the earth. One day we're going to have to be cut loose. And I don't want anything to keep me down here. Oh, he says, when a man will, sh- will stay, not come and shake hands with the pastor, put his name on the book, but he'll stay there till he feels something has cut loose inside of him. He begins to float out yonder in faith, knowing his sins are past, and he's anchored his soul in Christ. There is something raising him higher and higher, persistent and perseverant. Amen. And if I go further, I'm going into the second quarter, so I'm not going. I'm true to my word. Yes, it is a new leaf. It's going to get withered pretty quickly, I'm sure. Let's have the musicians come. How many are grateful to be under the sound of the message? Now I'm going to ask you another question. How many are grateful to have been caught by the message? And how many would say, as these things go on, I am the message? That's what I want to be. Pardon me if it sounded like a doomsday type of thing. It wasn't meant to be that way. But I'll just say, there's a burden here, friends. And I say this, if you have a friend, or if you have a daughter, or a son, or you have somebody you know, I said, let's get them in now. Let's, let's do all that we can. Let's labor for the Master from the dawn till the setting sun. Things are happening all around the world. But oh... You know what? All these things that are happening, thank God he left a few catfish in the water. (laughs) Thank God he let a few false prophets arise. Thank God he let some false teachers arise. Thank God he did those things. Why? Because I'm not one of them. (laughs) Amen. Well, let's stand together. The battle is the Lord's. Just stay behind the Word of God. This is maybe my part one, but we'll, we'll, we'll do more. I just want to encourage you, friends. It's an encouragement. I hope it is. Press in. Let's do that. There is a source. There is a source in times of need that gives me
Great.